Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, June 18th, 2022. It's been another great week of shows with great topics and great guests. We kick off the week with a look at whether the housing market is cooling. Let's take a look. Cooling off, yes, but completely tanking, no. I think there's a lot of media speculation about that. Uh, But Zillow just came out with a survey of economists and about 60% of them said that there's no no chance of a bubble. And uh, so I think what we're seeing is a combination of a couple of different factors. But the biggest one, of course, is interest rates, which are now consistently up above 5% for a 30-year mortgage and looking to go even higher over the next six months or so. But I think home builders are starting to be a little cautious. So the last uh, new home sales results were, were, were down a bit. And there's about nine months of new home inventory compared to about uh, about 2.2 months of existing home inventory. I mean, new homes are still only around 10% of the market, but home builders, of course, have to do that long-range thinking. So they're already starting to be just a little bit more cautious, although they are still building in in the Sun Belt where, uh, where the demand really is right now. It's interesting because you're right. The demographic trends are that we need more homes. We've got the millennials in in their prime home buying years. This is a massive generation. And yet there was a study that came out from Fannie Mae that showed only about 17% of people think that it's a good time to buy a home. And we got uh, Mortgage Banker Association numbers out earlier this week on uh, purchase applications and refi applications down at, at a 22-year low. So what I'm wondering right now is if some people are just in wait and see mode. That that could be true. We're still, you know, the the high interest rates are relatively new. So this could just be a temporary thing because as you said, people need a place to live and rents are also increasing. So it's not like there's really a safe haven there either. Rents have been increasing even in those cities that you mentioned, like San Francisco and New York, which saw a downturn during the heart of the pandemic. That has shifted. Rents are back up again. Uh but really, the story is in those Sunbelt markets that that people keep moving to and the companies are increasingly moving to. That's where we're seeing the biggest percentage of rent I- increases. Th- these are these are interesting places because the places that are seeing the biggest increases happen to be they we call them the hottest markets. And they're also the hottest markets, you know, temperature wise. But yeah, <laughs> in, in Flo- Florida right now, uh, one of the hottest markets is Tampa. The, the Tampa area is booming. Uh, you know, home sales are uh the price of homes is up over 30% year over year. Next up, we discussed how over 50 million vehicles in the U.S. have safety recalls. Let's take a look. That's right. More than 50 million vehicles on the road have an open recall right now, which is a very significant number. I will say that's about a 6% decrease from 2021. And we saw the same decrease from 2020 to 2021. But The number is still too large, right? 50 million vehicles. That's almost one in five vehicles on the road that has a known open recall that has not been closed. I think there's a couple of things that factor into this. I would say the first one being an awareness gap, right? So there are people who have an open recall on their vehicle and don't even know about it. Manufacturers do their very best to try to notify car owners. But here's the thing. Cars get sold. People move. 
sometimes we throw out maybe what we think is junk mail without looking at it when really it's an important safety recall. So manufacturers are doing their best. We know they send those notifications in the mail when there's an open recall, but people are busy and life happens and they're not aware a, that there's an open recall or B, maybe they're aware and they put it off and they think I'll fix it down the road. It's not that big of a deal, but even something that you think sounds maybe minor, a headlight issue, for instance, can still be a fatal problem. There's a reason these recalls are issued and they need to be taken care of. So maybe if you have something for like a, an airbag recall or an engine fire, you're going to take it right away, right? But all of these recalls are safety issues and should be addressed. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the manufacturers, they work together to issue these recalls. They're issued for a reason and you should take the vehicle in. Now there, you know, the manufacturers know that they're there is an awareness gap that they maybe aren't reaching every vehicle owner when there is a, a recall issued. And so they've partnered with Carfax to be able to offer free recall search services. So if you want to put your VIN in or your license plate number, we'll tell you if there's an open recall. So basically a digital garage where you can even store your vehicle identification numbers um, for say yourself, your kids, and be able to track all the vehicles that you own or your loved ones own. And not only do we check that moment in time when you first registered the vehicles, but we will notify you if a recall is issued and it's completely free, but the manufacturers have partnered with Carfax to do that because they know there's an issue with reaching people. The VIN number is that long number. You can find it on the windshield inside the door frame on most vehicles. And yes, you put that in um, and we're able to tell you if there is an open recall on your vehicle. And then car care is our program where you can sign up and store that VIN. And then you don't have to think about it ever again. And we'll email you if a recall is issued because you might go online and check right now while it's top of mind and there's nothing there. But that doesn't mean a week from now or a month from now, a recall won't be issued. Well, we're halfway through a look at our best segments for the week. When we come back, the other half. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. 
Hopefully now you're interested in investing in stocks, which we at The Motley Fool believe is the single best way for folks like you and me to gain what could be truly life-changing wealth. That's why today we've got a special offer for new members. Since the service started, our average stock pick has returned over 600%, and that's over four times the return of the S&P 500. Don't regret not taking action right now. Just enter your email to get started. Welcome back. We also discussed prescription drug overdoses and how they're on the rise for seniors 65 and older. Let's take a look. We have been doing this report, uh, the America's Health Rankings Senior Report now for a decade, and it gives us a really good snapshot of the overall health of seniors in our nation and at a state level. We look at a lot of different measures of our health, and we can talk about um, the comprehensiveness of the report, but particularly around drug deaths, we've seen a 17% increase in drug deaths among seniors just in the past year. So more lives lost. And in fact, seniors are the fastest rising demographic where we're seeing drug deaths. We know this is happening across all age groups, but I think one of the take home messages is seniors are not exempt from what we're seeing. And in fact, the problem may be worse in some circumstances for seniors. Yeah, well, first, I think seniors, you know, have some of the same challenges that we see across other age groups, as far as access to opioid prescription, whether they're prescriptions or non-prescriptions that are leading to a lot of these drug overdoses. But in addition to that, although this report doesn't tell us cause and effect, we can see strong correlations. We know that as you age, you're more likely to have chronic conditions. You're more likely to have chronic conditions that have pain associated with it. So you may be prescribed opioid pain medications in your senior years at a higher rate just because of that prevalence of chronic conditions. We also know that with more chronic conditions comes a higher risk of behavioral health concerns. So um, there can be increased anxiety, increased depression, increased poor mental health associated with both medical and behavioral health conditions. And so we know that there's a, a very strong correlation between our physical health and our mental health. And we know that there's a strong correlation between the drug overdose phenomenon and some of the other disturbing measures we're seeing going in the wrong direction in this report around mental health in seniors. I think it just starts with, if, you're con if you have a concern, uh, just recognize that it doesn't need to be up to you to figure out if it's a problem, right? That there's a lot of support. Um, a really good place to start with that is with your loved one's primary care physician. And hopefully they have one. And if not, getting them to establish care would be one of the next best steps. As a family physician and a geriatrician, one of the things that I um, did with every single one of my patients every year was to review all of their medications, prescription and non-prescription. So I had a good sense of what might be interacting with each other when one medication might be harming another chronic disease or putting someone at risk, um, as well as what you're concerned about with this question here. So that overall comprehensive medical review by a trusted primary care physician is a really good place to start for somebody who maybe you have a concern, there's not an impending crisis. Of course, if there's a crisis, that's a different path. You know, one of the things that I do believe COVID was a factor was the increase in social isolation among seniors. You know, the risk of social isolation is something that we've measured in this report. It looks at the lack of meaningful social connectedness. So seniors who were never married, are widowed, divorced, 
separated, those who live alone, those who live in poverty, those who have a disability, and those who need assistance with their activities of daily living are at higher risk of being isolated than other seniors are. And we know that that risk of social isolation has a high risk of mortality associated with it for a variety of different reasons, not limited to, but including behavioral health um, and perhaps substance use disorders. And finally, we discussed how inflation is impacting one caregiving family. Let's take a look. You know, my uh, my mom's on hospice. She was, uh, I guess hospice typically means you have six months of life expectancy, although it's not an exact science. Um, she's just finished her nine months. So I guess in that respect, she's doing well. You know, she is, um, I think being in her own environment, having her own personalized caregiver, um, sleeping on her schedule, you know, basically doing things her way is, is added, allowed her to put on some weight. And I think it's relieved some stress from her life and, um, it's showing, you know, so, uh, and the, the way I, we take it now is just one day at a time, but her conditions overall have improved in the last nine months. It hasn't changed what I pay for caregiving and, uh, I'm hoping every day that, you know, um, my caregivers don't ask for an increase. But uh, that being said, I mean, I pay for the caregivers food and my mom's food. And obviously, I there's all transportation costs involved and I have to kind of pick up and deliver the caregiver and. Uh, and you know, just basically driving around, the cost of driving has gotten more expensive. So yeah, I'm I'm absorbing it, um, but for the actual caregiving part of you know everything else has gone up except for caregiving right now. I guess you could say. I mean, it's tough. So I spend a couple of days a month uh, just giving the caregiver a break, and I stay with my mom and take care of her twenty four seven for a few days. So you know, on those days when it's a you know, say a beautiful day outside and things like that, it's a little stressful or. I have to tell you, I missed um, uh, my family hosted Easter um, without me, you know, so that was a big, uh, you know, I, I was I was with my mom, which was a fine. But, you know, um, the rest of my family, they uh, they were at my home and friends and relatives were at my home. But I wasn't there. So, yeah, it, it gets stressful around the holidays for sure. So a, a few people know about my situation. And when I hear. So, so I'm in New Jersey. It, it's obviously a lot more expensive in New Jersey. I was just talking to someone in North Carolina who, you know, I don't know all the details, but um, assisted living care in New Jersey. It, and from I have three friends and we're all they were all paying around twelve thousand dollars plus a month, twelve thousand five hundred in that range. And I think all the at least the assisted living facilities in New Jersey, that's the rate. But I was talking to someone in North Carolina. And he was saying, well, we're paying a little less than 6,000. So I'm like, is it really that much of a difference? I don't know. But, you know, I could see, uh, I could see, you know, obviously there are other parts of the country where cost of living is higher. But I, I know, Jeff, you're in North Carolina. You could look into it. How about that? I'll make an assignment for you. But I don't think it's that much cheaper in North Carolina. Maybe it's 5%, 10%, but not 50%. That, that's that's much. Well, certainly great segments. I want to thank all of our great contributors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse.
Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Sunday. I'll be joined by members of the Media Academia Financial Services as we analyze all the news and events for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.